Hi, my name is Aaron J. Marks. You can find out more about me at AaronJMarks.com. I'm a visionary purpose coach and a metaphysical leadership mentor. To my knowledge, I'm the only one in human history who's claimed either of those titles, and those that know me well tell me they couldn't imagine better ones for me. For as long as I can remember, I felt like my mind has worked just a little differently than most people's. At times it's been uncomfortable, but I've begun to see that it's actually incredibly important and that there's never been a better time to share the way that I think and see with the creative and entrepreneurial leaders out there who need to hear it. This is my podcast, A Higher Level. Everything we think, see, and do here happens on a higher level, and that makes all the difference. For some of you, these are among the most important and transformational conversations you will ever hear, and they will fill in something you may not have even known was missing, but something that is essential for your happiness and transformation. This podcast is all about creating a space for these conversations, a place to explore your deepest and most persistent questions about the human condition, a place to dream, play, and muse about the meaning of it all, a place people tell me only I can help them access, and a place of crucial importance for the human spirit and our future as the human race. On a higher level, everything is vast, rich, beautiful, and deeply optimistic. Join me there now, on a higher level. Hi, this is Aaron of AaronJMarks.com. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. And um, I think this is going to be the final episode in um, in, in the series uh, on metaphysics and then my metaphysical model that I use for coaching um, and mentoring leaders. Um, and I got myself a fresh cup of tea for this one. This may be my favorite part of the whole thing. Um, I mean, you know, from listening to the the other ones, you can tell this is uh this is like this is central, you know. Uh all the insights that come from from seeing the world this way. So uh, you know, to, to briefly recap, we talked about how metaphysics is the the study, your it's like the systematic exploration of what happens when you ask, well, what is there and what is it like? And um you know, what you can't ever escape is the fact that humans are the only one to ask that question. And we, uh, you know, like you always have to kind of ask how do, how do humans fit into that? Like you can't ever escape that question. You know, it's like, wh why are we the ones to ask this question? You know, like to, to me, that's like a central embedded question within metaphysics. You know, it's inescapable. Um, and then I, I talked about my model. So there's five parts. There's motion, life, action strategy and purpose and i'm not gonna not gonna belabor those again you can go back and, and hear the the previous series to understand all the lessons that come out of those but you know we culminate in this you know this this question of what makes humans unique from one another and that's the realm of purpose um is where we go to answer that question and so you can you can go back and you know listen to the listen to all of these if you haven't heard it heard any of these yet um but um you know how do we access purpose is is the question you know and 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 i find all these access points and you know everyone's purpose conversation is is a little bit different has sort of different i call it purpose dna you know um because like everyone is on here somewhere and you know everyone has these access points somewhere but um uh you know everyone's combination is a little bit different i think that's a really cool beautiful thing because we all have a different perspective um on the human species and we all have different aptitudes and interests and so that's the that's what i mean by purpose um access points so let's talk about neoplatonism for a little bit um because to me like 
this feels very neoplatonist to me um so first of all plato uh, you know some people like some people say that all western philosophy is footnotes to plato so it's like you know he was this he was this ancient greek philosopher um you know influenced by socrates and pythagoras uh, you know these two early figures uh, you know who are both kind of legendary and mysterious and then Plato sort of fuses their sensibilities, uh, you know, like the the tendency or you know, sort of the penchant for, um, for for wisdom and um, and and rational argumentation, and you know, this sense that there's sort of a structure to the universe that can be, you know, like mathematically captured. You know, a lot of people say that's that's kind of the essence of Plato's is is fusing those two sensibilities. You know, they came from these you know, this ancient Greek thinking. And so Plato, you know, basically sort of said, yeah, the experience of being human is, you know, having, you know, concepts in our mind. And they seem to, you know, sort of emanate from this, you know, this realm that we all sort of have a collective access to. He called that the, you know, the theory of forms. And, you know, the the allegory of the cave is, you know, it's one of the ways that he used to teach this, where it's like, yeah, we can get sort of closer and closer to that, that, you know, that, that true form of things, you know, closer to that ideal. And it's like, that's what, you know, kind of our journey of growth is, is, you know, kind of coming out of that cave away from the shadows and toward the, the, the source of it, you know, or, you know, which is like he, you know, the metaphor he used was the sun and there, you know, it's like, that's a really helpful way to think about things. Cause it's like, that's, you know, as, as growth oriented beings, that is what we're always trying to do is, you know, kind of get closer to something that's true or our truest self or true success or, you know, this thing we want. And so it's like, we must have a sense of what that is. Right. So it is like we are accessing, you know, some kind of, um, some kind of ideal form. So that's Platonism. And then, then a little bit later and uh, look this up just to make sure I'm giving you correct facts about this. There was another uh, a philosopher. He was also a Greek, um, Hellenistic. So he lived a couple hundred years later. Um, you know, after after Aristotle and then Alexander the Great, and you know his whole empire, and you know then that dissolved, and so people were trying to you know look for different meaning in different ways. And you know, of course, Plato was still very much with people, um, but it was sort of a different world, and. Not only that, but you have, um, you know, you have the Judeo-Christian story playing out, uh, you know, as it did. And, you know, Plato was before Christianity. Plotinus was a couple hundred years after, um, you know, so so that's, you know, that's going into the calculation. Um, yeah, and so you get this figure of Plotinus, and I, th- I think it's fascinating that, you know, the consonants are so similar, Plato and Plotinus, and um you know, Plotinus becomes the founder of what's called Neoplatonism. Um, and, you know, these are, these are vast complicated things that I'm kind of glossing over here, but, but sort of what, what, what Plotinus did, um, you know, some people say he like fused a number of kind of philosophical theories of the ancient world, you know, it's like he combined Plato and Aristotle and Stoicism. It's one way I've heard, heard it described, but the way that I think about it is he sort of, he took, you know, Plato's theory of forms, which I think of as like above, you know, that's kind of where I orient it in space. And he took it, um, you know, it's like, it's above and it's like square and flat. That's just how Plato feels to me. I don't know that, you know, like that, 
you know, that kind of realm of forms. He kind of took it and he made it into like this sphere, this dense sphere, and he put it at the center of existence, you know? So it's, so it's like wherever we are, it's like when we look at the center of existence, that's where we find like, you know, the essence of Neoplatonism. And he called that the one, you know, um, capital O. And, and it's like, it's, 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 it's from where everything emanates, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's got this deep power and majesty, but, but it's like no substance. So it's like, if you think you're imagining it or describing it, you're not, you know? And so in that sense, it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit like the Brahmin, right. You know, the Brahmin with no qualities. It's, uh, it's essentially, you know, um, Neoplatonism shares that. Um, and yet it's from where everything emanates. And, you know, I, I have to, I do have to say there are times when I sort of feel that, you know, where it's like, oh, we're, we're being emanated by, you know, this source energy, right? It's like, you know, some of you who are listening to this and are, you know, you know, metaphysically inclined, maybe you're thinking of source and maybe that's a way that you imagine it, you know? Um, but it's like this deeply powerful, energetic presence that emanates everything into existence constantly, right? You know, again, there's this perpetuality to everything, right? You know, when things are in motion, they're in motion. You know, when things are alive, life continues. When we're in the realm of action, we can't help but to keep taking actions, right? Um, so there's this, you know, and the negative experience of it is existential friction, but, we, you know, we try to reorient that so that we have this deep gratitude for the abundance that is, you know, uh, like, ultimately, I think that's a, you know, like that's what a mystical sensibility ought to do for you, right? Is to reorient that exist like that that experience of existential friction. And so, you know, to me, um, you know, it's like when I think about, you know, the metaphysics that I do, and it's like, okay, human human motivation, like what motivates that? You know, it's like that's that's one of the things that I'm like deeply questing after. You know, the, like that that question, what? motivates humans what what is what is the common theme to what motivates humans well existential friction is one way to say it but you know purpose is the ideal opposite of that you know but but that still drives you and so you know to me it's like i think we are all motivated by this collective sense of waking up in the human condition which none of us asked for and that we're and we're all in this together and asking how do we make this better okay now that may be a controversial thing to say but you know again the actions that we take are you know they're based on this complicated equation of what's going to be meaningful and beneficial you know and i do believe everyone is answering that in their own way you know through the actions that they take i do um and so that means that we're all sort of unified in that sensibility, you know, to make things better. And that all emanates from the one. And so any tool that we would use to, to you know, to, to do that work must be in some way part of that emanation. You know, it's just like it's a way to describe it. You know, it's like, oh, I, I see it. You know, I have this aptitude, you know, and this interest. I describe this pursuit of uh, improvement of the human condition in these terms, using these tools. Oh, I have a different perspective. I have a different set of aptitudes, different set of interests. I describe it this way, but it's all motivated by from that same deep place. And that's what I think, um, you know, both Plato and Plotinus, you know, picked up on. And so when, when I talk about, 
you know, access points to the realm of purpose. That's kind of what I've talked what I'm talking about. It's like it's all these ways to understand this deeply wonderful, paradoxical human condition. Um, and they all, you know, kind of emanate from the same source, but they all see it from a slightly different angle, you know. So that that's what these access points are. And they're all based on that deep. You know, that like they all have a paradox, like a contradiction running through them. You know, that's at least that's how I try to express them because, because he, you know, the human condition has a deep paradox and a contradiction running through it. And I call it the absurdity of the ideal of imperfectibility, right? So it's like wherever we go, it's imperfect, but that's what keeps moving us forward. You know, if we found a place of perfection, we wouldn't like it because. We do have to be in the realm of action. We have to keep taking actions. And so all of our actions must be oriented. Um, you know, I'm sounding like a, uh, Aristotle's treatise on ethics, but all, all actions must be oriented in, in the, the direction of that good, you know, um, increasing, you know, improving the human condition, which can never be perfected, but we're growth oriented beings. And so in imperfectibility we find that ideal so i i write all of these access points to express that so i have these on a, a handout you know which you may have received from me at some point here's the introduction so purpose is a vast integrated metaphysically oriented realm in which the entire paradoxical scope of the human condition is playfully pondered deftly deconstructed and creatively examined from every conceivable angle in order to achieve wonder ignite they ignite aspiration, renew vision, inspire optimism, and make strategic thinking clear and effortless. Other phrases that may stand in for purpose are the human condition, human dynamics, the meaning of all things, or meaning in all things. And overlapping strains and access points include the following, all of which ask some form of the paradoxical and ultimately unanswerable question, what is the ideal form of the human experience? Because I think that is what we're all trying to answer. So these realms, like this is like my favorite part here. It's like this is like that that mystical, polymathic, um, intelligent expression of that, you know, Neoplatonist um emanation. Like truly, like that that is how I experience this. You know, how many different ways can we describe this? And you know, like everyone is here to describe it in a slightly different way. And, and that's why everyone has their own collection of these. And, you know, we'll find an access point and then we'll pick up on another strain. They'll, you know, become each other. They'll overlap, they'll intertwine. We'll play around in that lattice. And that's why these conversations are so stimulating. So here we go. And, and I'm going to read these. It's sort of a litany, you know, litany of access points to the realm of purpose. Philosophy, our collective systematic rational yet intuitive effort to examine, understand, and articulate the human condition in spite of its endless absurdities, paradoxes, and contradictions. Psychology, cognition, and education. Humans have a unique relationship between mind and body that includes awareness, self-awareness, and awareness of that self-awareness. Sociology. Everything humans do is a conscious or unconscious signal of in and out group status. History. The chronicle of choices made when the past was the present by similar beings. Our choices in the present instantly become the past, just as the future becomes the present. Economics and commerce. Our behavior is largely driven by calculations of exchange, incentive, trade-offs, 
necessarily unequal distribution of resources, and the quest for this mysterious, ineffable quality that we call value. Biology. This alien, mechanical, electrical, chemical technology that wearisomely confines us to physical reality and yet integrates with our spirits while seeming to conflict at every turn with our divine natures and yet happens to be the most reliable conveyance. Sanctity. Our unique sense of animation by and communion with a higher power and source of goodness. Theology, our systematic attempt to rationally understand and articulate sanctity. Religion, the seeking of sanctity with its related social groups, signals, and rituals, artifacts, and texts, and the communities that form around them. Poetry, art, and literature. Our efforts to capture the essence of the human condition in a manner that exists for its own sake replete with the paradox of the beauty of pain. Entrepreneurship, marketing, and branding. Our application of creation, artistry, performance, and persuasion to commerce and problem solving. Political science and law. Our recognition that enduring the trauma of human society even among competing theories of human flourishing, is superior to the trauma of nature. Mathematics and science, our affinity for manipulating symbolic logic for its own sake, which also reveals the source code behind physical existence. Technology, our application of mathematics and science to solving problems, expanding knowledge, and improving the quality and convenience of life. Architecture, the importance of intentionally setting aside and cultivating spaces for different kinds of activities and energetic interactions. Play, games, and competition, our experience of spontaneous flow, delight, motivation, ingenuity, insight, and teamwork made possible by the transcendence of self-consciousness when stimulated by the scarcity of status and reward. Leadership management and systems. Our need to streamline cultures of productivity around a common vision and apply clear thinking to the improvement of desired outcomes. Community and gathering. We paradoxically find our truest self in killing it for the collective. The intentional facilitation and curation of environments, rituals, and activities dedicated to the renewal and deepening of collective identity. Communication, the quality of meaning that increases by sharing it, and the necessity of persuading and finding agreement with others. Energetics, the deep recognition that we are in fact made of and also respond to the energy that creates existence, which seems to emanate from a deep abundant source of being. External results mirror internal vibration, facilitating effortless creation and revealing scarcity to be an illusion. Also, existence has a narrative quality, which we call manifestation and synchronicity. Achievement and performance. 
our deep-seated motivation to distinguish ourselves and wield the potential of our inheritance on every level. Status is valuable because it is scarce. Trauma, suffering, and healing. The profoundly painful recognition that the human condition is absurd and imperfectible, which creates the need to continually process and ease that pain. And in conclusion, exploring the realm of purpose yields meaning, insight, clarity, influence, creativity, vision, inspiration, and purposeful use of time on high-impact activities. And I hope you're sensing that. I hope your actions are changing uh, from having explored this with me. So those are the five metaphysical realms. Um, vast, vast concept. Uh, and again, it's 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 everything that I say flows from the insights granted. And I hope you've seen, like they're, they're really, everything is in this framework. All of history, all of time and space, all of human striving and achievement it, and, our, and our, our future as, as, uh, as the human species is on this framework somewhere and runs deep through your soul as a member of the human species. Um, one of the, one of the interesting um themes in the history of philosophy I, and i i've heard this so th there's a there's a philosopher named hegel who you know created this totalizing theory of human history which i think is very fascinating like a lot of people do he influenced karl marx um because karl marx saw what he was doing as you know kind of a a culmination of sorts of you know a hegelian um retrospective uh, on the human species um kierkegaard who was you know in many ways considered to be the first existentialist um you know he made a criticism about it he said um hegel made a system and he sat down beside it you know and, and what that implies is that there is no way for an individual to find their you know their role in hegel and in a hegelian system and so what i what i've known is that you know a theory like that would have to have this totalizing quality but also run through the individual so that the individual knows um you know what what ethical framework right um you know what one ought to do you know in spite of that like in spite of having a totalizing view of history you know what where does the individual fit and so you know that that was very important to me you know to to show how do we as individuals fit into this grand sweep you know of, of history like and how do we how, how do we emphatically know that we are not here by accident? We are here with a purpose, with, you know, with a meaning in our lives. And I hope you've seen that from this guided tour um, of, of this framework, you know, because like really that that is, you know, more than anything else that, you know, that's what I try to do is to show people how they fit and why they've been given what they're, what they've been given. Um you know, in terms of everything in their life, you know, including their aptitudes and their interests. And that's what a conversation with me will yield for you. So um, very much enjoyed that. And I hope you did too. Uh, that guided tour of, of, of my metaphysics. So um, I think, well, we'll, we'll end it there. I think that was a good conclusion and I don't know what I'll talk about next, but you know, there's always more stuff I'm, I'm thinking up. So I'm sure I will see you again soon. So my name is Aaron of AaronJMarks.com. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. And uh, this has been A Higher Level, which is my podcast. And I'll see you on the next episode.
Thanks so much for listening to A Higher Level. I hope that got you seeing, thinking, and acting just a little differently, or maybe even a lot. When you act differently, you get different results. But we need to start with the vision and the thinking. How do you feel? Ready to go and make positive, inspiring changes in your life and work? If so, it means what we're doing here is working, and I would love for you to let me know if this is you. There's a bunch of ways for you to get in touch with me. You can go to my website, aaronjmarks.com, or look for Aaron J. Marks, Visionary Purpose Coach and Metaphysical Leadership Mentor on Facebook, or you can look for Aaron J. Marks on LinkedIn or Instagram, whatever is easiest for you. And if this is speaking to you, I might suggest that you think about becoming one of my leadership coaching clients. In our work together, we'll have conversations on this level, but tailored just to your life and aspirations. You really can't imagine what a difference this can make for your mindset, vision, and results. The first step after learning more about my approach is to book a free, no obligation discovery call, both of which you can do at AaronJMarks.com. If your intuition is nudging you, don't wait any longer. It is likely the next step along the marvelous journey of wherever you are here to go and whatever it is you are here to do. And I can't wait to meet you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode when we'll continue to see, think, and act on a higher level. I'll see you then. A Higher Level is the official podcast of Aaron J. Marks, visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. Learn more at www.aaronjmarks.com. A Higher Level is written, recorded, edited, and produced by Aaron J. Marks. Music is by Aryeh. I'll see you next time on a higher level.